What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Real Fans FC. And today is a very, very good day for us to record it. We were going to do it yesterday, but today ended up being the absolute perfect day. If you are in Miami, I'm sure you're celebrating outside with pop, like pans and pots, banging them down Cayo Ocho and all over Dade County. And not even just Dade County, all of South Florida. But the day has finally came, the day we've waited for, for I don't even know how long, Adam, what, like three, four years? I don't know, like since never. Since club inception. Yeah, we've been waiting for this moment and the day has finally came. It, it feels like we won a championship, but if you guys haven't heard the news already and haven't seen the title or the thumbnail for whatever reason, Messi, Lionel Messi, World Cup champion of Argentina is finally coming to enter Miami in MLS, and today's a great day. Adam, what's your first impressions after seeing the news like this morning? How are you feeling? Wow, it was very, very, you know what? It, it's Although it seemed like it was possible, you know, I, that you just kept hearing things that it's like, now, just because of this, it wouldn't happen. Not yet. Um, it's too early this and that and then and then uh you know it kind of just starts coming out of nowhere um with all the money that saudi arabia has been taught you know absolutely throwing around might as well burning their money because it's 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 insane and yet he made the right decision he wanted to stay relevant and bring some eyes to a big market and uh, start a business and yeah and yeah so this is this is a major move it's turning down you know what's reported to be 500 ish million dollars uh to go a year a year, <laughs> a year to go to to go to saudi arabia i mean that is just absolutely insane but boy oh boy not just a victory for uh inter miami i think it's a victory for uh, American soccer as a whole. No, yeah, this goes so. I mean, as much as the city's buzzing right now, I mean, this goes so much deeper than just Miami and Enter Miami. I mean, this what this means for soccer in this country is just so huge. Like what it entails, like what the future is going to be. I mean, we saw the Beckham effect and what it did, and this is going to be that times. Honestly, probably a hundred. And what Beckham did was pretty fucking insane. So to see like what he's going to do is propel it to a whole nother level. I mean, I saw something. It was like when Beckham came, there was twelve teams, um, a TV deal of eight million dollars a year, only once or two soccer specific stadiums, and then ten, fifteen years later, we have twenty nine teams, twenty like twenty six stadiums. A TV deal that's $250 million a year. Like, and that was since Beckham's inception. And now it almost makes you wonder what's entailed now that Messi's here and what the ramifications are going to be the next for for the whole entire future. Honestly, this in I had a feeling coming into this decade, I was like, this is going to be this decade is going to be such a huge important well, I, decade for soccer. I had, I had the same, I had the same thought because especially because of the world cup you know coming up and i, I thought think, it was just that and, and yeah. you think about that and let's and let's be honest um 
there are certain milestones in American, I guess you could say history at this point that um, contributed, you know, there were big milestones where you said, okay, this is a big deal. This is taking uh, soccer to a whole nother level in the country. And the first one was that World Cup in the 90s. Hosting the World Cup, um, you know, you had FIFA basically saying, you guys need to create a league, like a real top level league. So you had the birth, the hosting of the World Cup, you know, huge crowds in, in legendary stadiums, the Rose Bowl and, and, and um, you know, game in, uh, I don't know what they called it at the time, but in uh, New York, New Jersey, wherever the Giants played, the Meadowlands, yeah, that's what they called it, right? Yeah, you're, you're, you're more up on that. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and then, yeah, so the league gets created and that's amazing. And then the second major milestone was the Beckham's transfer. I think that was the what was the another huge, huge milestone. And now we're getting another World Cup and a Beckham-like transfer. This is what it feels like. The the way that the eyes were on Beckham when he announced that he was coming to LA, this feels like that, if not bigger. So you have to imagine those being milestones for U.S. soccer and how they grew, this is absolutely has to be another one. And we're going to see some serious growth coming very soon. Well, I think what makes this so much bigger, one, I, in general, I think Messi's bigger, but we're also in this age of social media and everything like back in 2006, 2007, we're kind of hitting that dawn of like Facebook exiting MySpace, but things weren't really how it is now. And and also, too, soccer has grown more now. I mean, like having these teams throughout the country, having World Cup televised, being able to easily access like the Prem, Liga MX, like all the top five leagues in Europe easily through these streaming apps. It just yeah, makes things forget. so much more convenient. Yeah, people forget so how, how, yeah, how hard it was. And, you know, that's why, you know, you could talk all the shit you want to talk. But like, it's not like I was watching Arsenal play every week when I was you know, anywhere between five and 10 years old, because you couldn't in this country, you know, until I was like maybe 12, 13, that's where you start to see like, okay, they have some of the big games, you know, the big teams, but now you have someone like NBC sports who owns, you know, the rights and they have, and you can watch any game, whether it be on TV or on Peacock or whatever, and and same thing with with uh, Paramount and CBS with the Champions League. You know they're taking it to a whole nother level. And boy oh boy, you know we started out this whole um, this whole podcast on episode one uh, talking about Apple TV deal. Uh, they they are looking smart right now, aren't they? And I I've, I've always said Apple was a part of the bigger picture. I've always everybody was flaming Apple. But why would you spend that much on a league that's not going to produce? Oh, I didn't care about that. that. I just wanted them to implement it right. I I didn't think it was a bad move. I was totally on board with you there. Did not think it was a bad move at all. My thing was always like... I thought that they were thinking the bigger picture. My gripes were with, um, you know, glitches, minor things. and, And they have ironed them out. Like, I really haven't noticed it as much. You know, I'm sure if we're doing a side to side comparison, some of these broadcasts, you know, especially in Europe with like the CBS guys for the for Champions League and the Premier League guys, like yeah, th- it is better. It is, but I mean, it's just you don't feel 
like you're missing out on anything anymore mm-hmm. watching it on Apple, Apple TV. You know, you might have yeah, a com- yeah. they still got some weak commentary teams, but I, you know, that that'll change too because now with Messi, think about um commentators who are like, you know, in high demand and we're and then Apple now has Messi and a lot of eyes watching, so they have the money to go out and build that team. Um so there's a lot of things here. There's a lot of um, this is- positives. And I believe this is Apple that Apple deal. Like when I said, yeah, that that's a long play. I always said like they're going to be a part. They knew something. Like they're part of like the Apple deal. I'm sure they brought up the messy fact. Like I I knew that was a part of it. And then also it's, it was going to be a testing ground for whatever big venture they really wanted. But um, back to like Messi. Uh, well, first too, I'll say what's helped grow was also to soccer specific facilities and stadiums. Like having that like grassroots where you don't have to share and do all these things and do what you want and now schedule now scheduling is no longer an issue you don't have to worry about the TV stuff so and then I also Apple I believe is the only Apple MLS and Apple are the only fully global streaming service for a league I think it's the only league partnership where the entire thing is globally on one platform because. You know, people in like England and Europe, they don't watch Prem games on NBC Sports. I mean, or Peacock, yeah, like we do correct. here. So this Apple thing is going to be huge. It's going to be massive because, I mean, I don't know if overseas they they watch Champions League on Paramount Plus. I don't know if that's over there. I don't think a lot of the stuff that they they have we don't have, and what we have they don't have. But like, like I like you said, like the eyeballs that are going to be on one stream like one actual place is going to be insane other than like before everything's kind of split up, you know, the world cup is all on different channels, every country's mark, but like Apple knew what they were doing, man. It's like, look, if we get, I don't know. I don't even know what a number would even realistic number would even be of how many people watch it. Like, I don't know, maybe a hundred million. I don't like to watch Messi's debut game all on one stream. Like that is insane. That is ridiculous. Um, so they knew what they were doing, but, um, yeah, so I kind of want to transition to like, because, you know, a lot of people are talking about Messi and all this stuff, but not very many people can actually talk about like inner Miami at the moment because people know the name, they know the brand, they know Beckham, they know all this stuff. And I do kind of, I feel like with our knowledge of like, you know, watching almost every inner Miami game since its inception, at least I've been pretty close to watching every game. I'm sure you've been pretty close to watching a large majority of the games we have a good knowledge of like how we think he can fit in here so i want to bounce it off to you um i guess for the people who don't know how how would how do you see messi fitting into this like team from a tactical lineup roster kind of standpoint well it, it's definitely gonna depend on who they bring in that's for sure um because the way the team is and with the injuries and stuff like that, you would have to assume it's not just going to be messy. Um, someone else is going to come join him and want to come play with him, whether it be a Busquets or, you know, a Jordi Alba, or even, you know, hearing rumors of Luis Suarez, you know, it's all going to depend. Um, I think let's just assume now that, we get to put take Messi and put him into the squad right now. He's going to play that 10. He's going to be the creative outlet that we don't have. Um, he'll definitely, he would, he would create chances for himself. 
and uh, more importantly, he would he would create chances for other players, which I feel like is one of Inter Miami's biggest problems is chance creation. Um, I, I think that they do not create nearly enough chances, and the chances that they do create um, are not. Uh, yeah, let's put it like this: uh, not not very high expected goals on on the types of chances that they create. Um, and West Ham, oh my God, West Ham just scored a winner, two one in the ninetieth <laughs> minute. Wow, we were recording this uh, live during a, a conference league, and um, West Ham it was one one, and in the ninetieth minute, West Ham just scored what appears to be a winner. Um, Fiorentina manager is absolutely yelling right now, so they so, so so something might be looked at, but I'll talk about that in a minute. That just caught my eye. Have it have to have it. We'll on. talk about that once we uh, get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So so I think that he's definitely the creative. He he needs to be very creative. Um, you know, in that creative role because that's what we're lacking. You know, we saw what happened when we got a Pozuelo last year. Um just being able to dribble and and find those passes and link up with these players it was such a huge help and it reinvigorated Iguain. um so i think he's going to be doing kind of that role also uh, we're going to get a handful of free kicks are going to be goals now because of him i mean he's absolutely incredible uh, you know with free kicks i've seen him practice in an open practice for Barcelona where he and Neymar were just, you know, one after another over a fake wall. And, you know, it just was insane. They, they would not miss the top corner just one after another. They did like 20 of them. And it's like all of them hit the top corner, all of them. It's insane. So you're going to get goals from that too. You know, it's, it's not talked about, but those are, those are goals that are going to matter in a in tight league, especially the way Inter Miami are doing right now. Um, uh, they're, they're behind. It is tight, but they need to um, start scoring some some goals, start getting three points on the board. Because I mean, we, we you even see what happened. Not 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 that they have their own problems, but Toronto. You know, they thought they were going to fix all these issues by getting all these big Italian midseason signings, and they just had such a rough start that it even though they did improve, it wasn't enough. So we got to be careful of that, not fall so deep into a hole that um, uh, that we can't get the season and, and it becomes a lost cause season, even with all these signings. Yeah, one of the big things for me is like, so for kind of background for people who don't know, the midfield is very depleted for us. So our attack has remained pretty healthy. We've made some moves on the def- defensive line to really solidify that. And then we have probably one of the best keepers in the league, arguably the best keeper in the league. So defensively, I think we're pretty solid. I think our left back um, Negri can be kind of exposed at times because he's so, he's so committed to being forward and so committed to being attack minded that he gets kind of left it in the dust. And with MLS being a very heavy attacking league with a lot of the money going to the attack, we can get kind of exposed, but I think he will start to now play a more defensive role. Now that we have a true player who can go up there and create and, and provide that assistance, whether even scoring, but also feeding Joseph and Campana up top. And we all know Joseph, one of the most prolific scorers in MLS history. I think that he's going to completely change the way he plays forever. Um, 
and and get back on track to what we saw old Joseph when he first came to Atlanta. And then as for Campana, I think Campana is a young talent who showed promise last year, and he's never truly had service through those times he's played, even that little bit that he had playing with Pozuelo um, as our 10. But throughout most of his goals scored, he, it was a lot of setup plays, crosses in, like kind of target striker moves. So having that guy in the midfield, we're still going to be depleted. Um, we're slowly starting to get healthy, but our captain's injured and Gregory are another big Tam signing and Gene Mota as our eight is still injured. So like I said, I think, like you said, I mean, um, there's still going to be moves. I don't think Messi's it. There's going to be more. Uh, there yeah, has there's no, to be there's more. No, yeah, there's the, no way. And it's part of the reason why we're at the bottom of the table right now is just one due to Phil Neville's tactics, I think just weren't good. I think this team is better than what they actually are in the standings. But then two, we suffered from injuries, which from our captain and our midfield and our midfield's so depleted. We're, we're dealing with Academy players right now. So we're kind of hamstrung. So right now I think, yeah, Messi's the start, but I think there's going to be more to come. I, I really do. And we can talk a little bit more about that in a second after we're done with this thought. But um, so I expect more signings, but how he slots into this, he in a league like MLS, I don't think for those who don't really watch MLS, MLS is a very pacey league. Like it's very go, go, go. Not it's very at, a lot of athleticism that requires in this league and what we've seen before when you have these older European players that come over here to retire, quote unquote, they can't generally keep up. There's too many young players that are constant, constantly moving, constantly going. Um, we even heard it from players like Ricky Pooch who come over here and he's like, he feels like he's running five more kilometers more a game. It's just, it requires so much more, athleticism so i don't think he can necessarily play in the a wing in this league but i think the 10 spot in a 442 diamond would be at the tip of the diamond is absolutely perfect with him having that combination with campana and joseph and him it's just going to be to me i think it's going to be one of the most deadly attacks in the league if not the most deadliest attacks um messi to me is not washed up he still has so much talent and capability left in his game I mean, he scored what twenty goals and twenty assists. Even if he doesn't score, and, and that was and just, in with and, PSG, and also just coming off a World Cup win. I mean, he was definitely instrumental in that. Yeah, so I mean, even if he doesn't score a lot, the creativity and the through balls that he'll be able to provide to our two strikers up top is just going to be monumental. I think he's going to be an assist machine in this league. I think he's going to score goals. I think he can get close to twenty. Um, based off what I'm predicting his position will be. I don't know. I mean, maybe they play him more up top and maybe play him as a second striker. Maybe they, maybe they bounce Campana out and have him up with Joseph or maybe bounce Joseph out and have him up with Campano, one of the two. But I think due to us not really having a 10 at the moment, he's going to slot in there. And I think they're probably going to run the two striker formation since we we're, we don't really have wingers. We've kind of set up this team to play around two strikers and have dual eights and a 10. So I, I think he's going to slot in there perfectly. I think it's going to do extremely well in the attack, um, but they still need firepower in the midfield. Our backup six that came in to replace our captain is now 
has hamstring tightness and had to get yeah. out of the game. So that's super that depleted. That so too. that's where a lot of that's where a lot of the Busquets talks is coming from. Um, but yeah, um, look, Messi doesn't fix the team, but he does. Even if we say we add no other players, I think no matter what, we become a playoff team. This is a yeah. guy oh. who can who had a goal who had one to two goal contributions a game at PSG. I guarantee you he's going to double that here in the MLS. We are our scoring is going to go through the roof, not just from him, but what he's going to provide for Joseph and Campana, relieving the pressure off of both of those guys and being able to feed him the ball, feed them the ball. And then, like you said, too, we don't have a free kick specialist on this team. We don't have a guy who can go in there and take free kicks outside the box. And now we have probably one of the best players to do it yeah absolutely like one of the best players in our generation who can do it so yeah i think i i wish this is a playoff team and you you better you better make sure you get messy in the playoffs at the end of the day so yeah that's how i think we all how he kind of fits into this i think like i said even though we're at the bottom of the table i think we're better than what we are um but we are still depleted in the midfield and i think we're going to amplify that more we're going to I think that's a priority. It is a priority. I think we need an eight big time. I think Mm -hmm. Messi is now here. It's official. Um, There needs to be an eight. There has, there has to be a high quality eight who can slot in. Um, I'm curious to see how the, the, what they do with the Pizarro situation. Um, I think my guess, you just buy out Pizarro, you get him out. Um, That rule is now in place. They implemented this year. MLS said you can buy out players in the summer transfer window. I think it's, it's pretty much a given that Pizarro is going to get bought out. Yep. I mean, you have 100%. to, you yep. got, you, you got to clear him out. You got, you got to get rid of him and free up that DP spot. You're going to buy down Gregory's contract. Now Messi's going to be Messi and Campano are going to be your two DPs. That leaves you with one more spot open for look. I don't want to see Busquets, but it sounds like that might be the case, but I rather get a younger player who can actually keep up with the pace because if Busquets with the company, Busquets just does not. After talking about how Messi can't play in the wing in this league, Busquets cannot play in this league. We've seen it with Blaise Matuidi. Blaise Matuidi came from Juve over here, and it's going to be a Blaise Matuidi situation all over again. He couldn't yeah. keep up. For, he was uh, gassed. He was tired. And at the end of the day, that as much as people dog on this league from Europe, um, and even here, at the end of the day, it is a very it's a league that rewards athleticism. You're going to run yes. a lot in this league. And we already seen Busquets just absolutely slow as molasses out there during the champions yeah. league during La Liga. He's just, he's a dinosaur out there, man. Like yeah, even from, in what, Europa, I'm, from, from what I'm hearing from people who, who know Busquets and know Barcelona very well, I've heard that it's like, yes, he's, if you know, if you design your team, in a, in a way and you need pressing and you don't have anyone that can do it around someone like Busquets, he's not going to do well. But if you can set up your tactic and have people and make it so a way that he can be more of an anchor and he doesn't have to press, then it could work out and he can actually be an asset in the league. Um, but yeah, so hopefully will, we learned I, our lesson from, from Matuidi because I, again, I don't have a problem with Busquets coming with with you know already having Messi locked up but it, it he 
is you have to understand he's not going to be pressing. He's not going to be tracking back like full speed if you know you get caught out. So you have to be able to put people around him and set up the tactic in a way that that's going to be able to benefit him and let him be kind of like almost like a center, an extra center back and who could play on the ball and and start counters. So I have a theory. I think this team is going to switch to a 4-2-2-2 because I found out the other day that, I don't know if you know this, and I don't know if maybe it was just a backup plan in case the messy thing fell through, but Posuelo, who was the player that we got rid of before the hopes that we get messy, and probably big part of the reason why we're in last place, we kind of, in a way, the owners kind of tanked this first half of the season to get messy here. But I did find out that um, Posuelo only signed a six-month contract, and his contract's up June 30th. So could we potentially see Campana, Joseph, Messi, and um, Posuelo in a box in the top of the 2-2, and then we just roll a 6 and an 8 in the back? It's hard. That would unlock in so much like you just in our brain. If you were to ask me, like my my you know brain says no, that wouldn't happen. But you think it makes sense because if you think about the whole situation, it's not like the club wanted him to go. They absolutely tried to keep him. They wanted to keep him, but you know, I ultimately ultimately came down to Pizarro. If Pizarro I, didn't have that contract and they and they had a way or or someone who would take him, then they would have kept Pozuelo. So they wanted him. Po- he liked it here too. He would have stayed. It just didn't work out. Um, so and so also that's why it is too, absolutely possible. Well, here's another thing too. So I didn't know this, but Pozuelo, the contract he was willing to take a lot less money. He still wanted to be a DP, but he would just be just above that threshold to where he wouldn't be a tan player. He tried to get he was taking so little money just to to stay. He wants to stay. His girlfriend or his baby, his baby mama lives in Miami. And also, too, he has still expressed interest in coming back. He's talked about coming back. I just I felt like there was talks because the inner Miami Pozuelo thing happened on really good terms. Apparently, he understood what they were trying to do. He was trying to have a team friendly deal. He really wants to stay in MLS. He took a short deal in Turkey. Apparently, like I mean, there was a second there where we thought he was going to resign. He took a photo of pink cleats out at the beach or something like that in Miami. Um, I'm just saying I wouldn't rule it out. I think it's still a possibility because of how well he was received here, how well the team appreciated him and tried as hard as they can to keep him and try to keep him as a TAM player because apparently apparently, what he would got paid for a TAM player was just, just too little for him, but he was willing to take a little bit higher. And I just think it's a possibility, man. Like I can see like a 210, two-striker formation. I mean, you're going super heavy attack, but... I think we have a strong enough keeper and back line. And if we can find, if we can get our defensive midfielders some strength to that, the only big thing that would prevent that from happening, though, is if Busquets comes, which I just, man, I just, I just feel like it's a waste. Unless you can get Busquets on some sort of TAM deal like they did with Gareth Bale, 
that'd be crazy, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah. But yeah. I do want to switch to another segment within this whole messy thing. And um, I guess we could start off. Who do you think is going to join Messi in Inter Miami, as well as as a whole in the MLS within maybe this summer transfer window or even next year? Who do you think is going to make that leap alongside with him? Because when Beckham came over, we had a lot of players then come over right after that. Uh, Roy Keane, um, uh, Drogba, Perlo, Kaká. Henri. Um, Henri, uh, David Villa, like we had a plethora of players that came after, and I'm sure I'm missing some too. Of course, of course. Who I think there's, and but then it kind of slowed down and fizzled out to where everybody's kind of signing DPS at like in their mid twenties that are playing well in like Europe or in South America. Um, but I still think there's going to be maybe not as much as prior, but there's still going to be a decent amount of players that are going to probably come younger probably come at the same time that Insigne and Bernadeschi came. Yeah. Um, it's going to definitely open gonna up, follow. It's going to open up some and, floodgates, but I'm going to go ahead and I think, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the big boy is going to follow Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't think Saudi Arabia, I don't think he's having fun there. And I think with all this hype now that Messi's getting, um, he doesn't, I think at this point, even this season, with the amount of money Ronaldo that, to where say it I know you I already know what you're gonna say Ronaldo to where say it say it guess who needs all, a, guess who needs a nine and they don't have a DP signed yet who needs a nine and they don't have a DP you're not gonna fucking say uh, St. Louis because that's fucking retarded no. okay no. I was about to say it's it's the easy answer it's who you think it is with Galaxy nope the other one across town Really, LAFC? Yeah, huh? I could. See I could see that, that too because they don't imagine? have the DP, but they don't need that. But yeah, definitely Ronaldo. Because like you know, like I was mentioning earlier, Messi was offered you know freaking half a billion dollars a year around rumored. They would do the sure same thing. They would do the same bit. thing for Ronaldo. You know, we're not, they would do the but, same thing, and they would do the same thing for Ronaldo. And also, Ronaldo, after playing one season, has all that money. If he really hates it that much, I mean, he just made more money in one season than you know he's made in how many? I know he was making a lot of money, but like at at his like peak with like Madrid the, and stuff like that, that's he's the making most what he's made 30, on salary. 40, but I'm just saying, salary wise, yeah. what was his peak? Like 30, 40 million a year. Yeah, I think he's made more at Saudi Arabia these two years exactly. than, he's well, you, ever exactly. made, than he's ever made playing. I mean, he's probably made that much across like all these other like. Well, yeah, the, I'm not. I'm like, ta- we're not talking playing. about. I'm not talking sponsorship. Yeah, he, talking. He's just made more money here. in Saudi Arabia um, than his entire career. I'm sure. So, so yeah, I think he's one of them. And then, as in terms of other players, it is hard to say because a lot of these we haven't, we didn't really see coming. Um, like, I don't think really anybody predicted the whole Insigne Bernadeschi to Toronto. Um, I don't think that people, threw me for a loop. I don't think that people mean. predicted Shakiri to Chicago. Um, so I, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. You know, there's it really could be anybody that's you know at the forefront. Anyone who's a name, you know, whether so, it's young or old, I think you're gonna start to see a, a lot of interest, especially with these bigger market teams. So I'll say this. I think a hundred to me, it's not a shadow in the doubt that after this contract with Saudi Arabia, he's out. I don't buy that. He wants to stay. He yeah, was not really happy. close to he. 
He was really close to signing with MLS and Kansas City, which was a random ass team. I would have never guessed. He was really close to that, but the money was just too good in Saudi Arabia. All signs point that he doesn't like it there. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't like it there. It's a whole different culture, a whole different shakeup. That was a big reason for Messi coming to MLS. He wanted to stay within the Western world and something that was familiar to him. I think Ronaldo, without a shadow of a doubt, I think, and I I agree with you, you may not even have to give him the Messi deal. You can give him something close to it. You could probably give him revenue share for his jerseys, like higher percentage of his jerseys, because that's going to make him a ton of money. Maybe a, a piece of the team, like, I, I don't know if he's going to get the exact whatever the messy deal is. I mean, we all have rumors and speculations of what it is. And and you know, I don't, think, I don't think he's going to get the he's exact a Nike, same. And he's a Nike athlete, so I'm sure he's going to, you know, Nike's going to be happy to have him around. Yeah, the only you know, thing is probably, MLS is a Adidas thing, so that that'd be tricky. Eh, but it's going to be tricky. Say, but I don't think it's going to stop him. He's still going to be wearing Nike yeah. cleats, you know, and he's still yeah. going to be doing their commercials. But but I think to me. Ronaldo's looking at this and he's like, fuck, because and I mean, dude, are you kidding me? And I wouldn't be surprised if Apple and like MLS are going to come back and whoever, I don't know, maybe say a New York City or like a uh, a lot like or Los Angeles, which to me are the big ones is like, hey, look. You know how like you want to come over to MLS and re and we're going to reunite that rivalry of Messi Ronaldo over here that we haven't seen in what since 2017 since, since uh cuz Ronaldo wasn't he the first one when he le- dipped out to Juventus He left to Juve. Yeah, yeah, so that's when it ended. So I think that was 2017, 2018, something like that. So um, so yeah. I mean, could you like I think it'd be worth the money to do it. I think he would come. I think I think MLS will take him. Now, anybody outside of Ronaldo, no one else is getting that deal. I think that's it. I think there's only two players on this planet that is going to get that deal, and it was Messi and it's Ronaldo. They're the only ones that are going to get special treatment. Anybody else, they're just going to have to pay them what they're going to what the teams can afford. Um, now, as for outside of Ronaldo, I think we are going to see players, but I think what's going to determine a lot. So the CBA for MLS is going to end in 2024. The beginning of 2024 season, from what I understand, I think there is where we're going to see massive changes in roster regulations and salary caps. I think right now, the reason why we haven't seen any changes, what people are saying is that due to the CBA with the Players Association, they're kind of stuck there until 2024 when it ends. To me, I think 2024 is where everything is going to change. I think I genuinely believe I've been I've been telling Adam there's been this uprising. And I've, and I've been, and I've and been this, mad about it. Yeah, I'm the loudest and, one about it. Yeah, and there's this uprising in like social media. I'm seeing it every day is like flat cap, flat cap, open cap. Get rid of TAM, get rid of GAM, get rid of DPs. I'm for it. Raise that bitch to 40. Raise it to 40, raise it to 30. I think the league, especially with Messi here now, can do better. This idea of having college players making 70 grand is just it's it's we're I think MLS is past that. I think it has grown and it's going to grow even more with this. And I think it's time for MLS to release the reins. I think they're going to end this season. And I think starting next season, I really I, I have no sources or nothing. I just firmly believe I think they're going to come in and change the rules and get rid of all those nonsense roster rules 
Um, keep the salary cap because I like the salary cap, but absolutely just get rid of it and just have a standard. Look, you yeah. have 40 mil, spend how you want it. You want to spend it with five, each player making 3 million. That's great. That would increase the talent level as a whole. If you want to spend 20 million on one player and then put the rest 10 to like the rest of your roster, that's another. But I think um, that's going to determine a lot. But I think regardless, we're going to see players. It sounds like as much as I don't want it, Busquets is going to come. Um, I would so much rather see Alba than Busquets come to enter Miami. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, now with Benzema taking Saudi Arabia, I think it's going to be a big... Right now, I think we're going to kind of hit, at least over the next couple of years, unless they make something drastic with the roster rules, there's going to be kind of a, I don't want to say a bidding war because it's not really a bidding war because Saudi Arabia is always going to outspend us, but it's going to be kind of like fighting for these top European players in their early 30s. Like, do you want to come over here and do things? And I think the only way you can do that is if you raise the competition level enough to where they want to come over here. And Look, the ages are dropping. I mean, Insigne came at 30 years old. Bernadeschi's 28 years old. Messi is 35. Messi seems old, but he's not that old. He's not Ronaldo would be old, but 35 is not that crazy. And that's like there people are coming here at a younger and younger age from the top flight leagues. And as long as you can develop here, you can find talent in South America with people in their 20s or even talent in back in Europe in their 20s. And then you slowly bring players younger and younger. It's just going to increase the talent level. And I was seeing a thing too. It was like, and you know where I was talking about like how this, the the twenties, the the 2020s are going to be such a monumental decade for soccer in this country, because one, what first started me to spur that, the idea was like you said, the world cup in 2026, but then there's going to be more teams. And then the recent announcement of the upgrade, the expanded upgraded champions league now called the CONCACAF champions cup. Um, it's Apple TV deal. Then the announcement of the United Copa America of North and South America played in 2024. And then the top, the cherry on top is now having Messi here. Like that is going to, it's like us soccer fans who are kids growing up during this era are going to be so spoiled. And it's like, that is so true because like Adam, I mean, you were growing up, we didn't have any of that. I mean, we just watched the world cup every four years and whatever soccer game we can catch on. But now these kids are going to grow up in an era where you have Messi, the Copa America, the world cup, uh, Apple, where you can stream any game, no blackouts, like, and, and most likely have a team in your backyard. Like that yeah. is, Insane. Like this is going to be a monumental decade that we're going to look back. I think 30 years from now and be like the 2020s when that shit hit. Yep. Just like oh, yeah. for like the NBA, it was the nineties, like the, or the, the 80s and nineties, like that changed the NBA forever was that generation. This is going to be the, I think the 2010s and the 2020s is going to be that way for the MLS. Like that was when you look at it and you're like, this is a new era. This is like mm-hmm. changing forever. hundred percent. 100%. I saw some rumors. I don't know how true it is if uh, Ramos <laughs> goes to Atlanta. I just don't see people playing. De- I don't see people playing defenders that much. But I don't know. I know you think you think Slots going to come out of retirement. <laughs> nah, I think he's. I think he's done. I don't think there's a lot of time to play around with that. So, what player would you like to see over here? I was going to say Benzema, but then after the recent news of him going over there. 
Yeah. Nah, he might, he might end there. He's kind of older, too. I think he's going to... How old is Benzema? Like, 34? Yeah. And Conte as well going gonna, over. Yeah, I think he's going to end um, He's there. another player that I thought would be actually really good at um, in the MLS, Conte. So I guess Saudi Arabia is trying to poach all of our boys now, the ones that the MLS <laughs> wants. But they couldn't get the bit, the golden goose. They couldn't. And you know what? I'm fine with it. Uh, like, outside of Messi and Ronaldo, I don't want any of these old fuckers over here anyways. It's just going to keep on bringing down that that stigma that we've took so long to shake and in some ways hasn't really shaken. And yeah, now Saudi yeah. Arabia is going to be filling that need. And I don't, to me, that shit's just not sustainable paying all these people through. And I know they make so much money over there, but like, I mean, outside of what you can offer them from salaries, like what else can you offer him? Like at the end of the day, United States is one of the biggest commercial countries in the world like there's so many business like the capitalism here is just so strong like it's it's more than what you can make out of salary like yeah it's like ronaldo can come here and make so much fucking money based off commercials and all this other yeah and maybe saudi arabia can give you more money salary wise and yeah maybe it's more money overall but it's like do you need like at that point it's like ridiculous like yeah i mean are you going to want to start a business over there in saudi arabia or are you going to want to like start something here you know what i mean yeah so definitely so yeah we we, we spent a lot of time on this huge huge topic but rightfully so um as we move on julian you want to flash up this meme real quick i thought this was very funny when you were talking about tam and gam (laughs) because it really is that dumb it's like okay all right okay um yeah but it yeah, was so not I, a bad idea. It helped when it first came out, but it's like it helped for like a couple of years. But now we're just at a point where it's like, yeah, I, don't know, I still stand by. They shouldn't. They shouldn't even added that. They should just increase the floor. Yeah, it just like, it just makes it very light. weird. But like we were talking about, um, we think it's going to change very soon. You know, uh, with all of this craziness going on. Uh, but, but yeah, we, we definitely spent a lot of time on that, rightfully so. So we're gonna we're gonna run through these next topics we might not cover everything but there is a big one to talk about um i think it was most people's favorites lafc lose to leon on aggregate three to one and they lose in the Concacaf champions league finals they cannot make history and uh give mls back-to-back Concacaf champions league titles mm-hmm. um but you know, I, you know, I, you history? know, I, who Leon, Leon, that is. Oh yeah. First, that's yeah. That, that was, is, a, that's their first that is a good uh, point. You know, I, t- trophy. That is their first yeah. on cap champions league that's trophy. Such, it's a major um, achievement for them. Um, they're kind so of I, like the laughing stock. They've been getting pumbled the last few years, uh, no, in champions league huge, against, huge, against huge, MLS so. teams. Yeah. So out of like all the teams to win it, it's kind of crazy for them to be it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge they, for them. Uh, I I'll definitely, cause, uh, Julian definitely knows my thoughts on it. Um, but I definitely want to hear, uh, what you thought first before I go into my, uh, my rant here. So here's what's so disappointing. LAFC could have got the what is it the I, I never know how to say it right the treble the the treble the treble. Uh, treble they they could have done it they could have done it they just needed two more games but they didn't 
And uh, we could arguably say this was that if LAFC won that game, they would have been the greatest team in MLS history. I think they would have been. They would have oh, been. I believe the doubt. first team. They would have been the first team to do it. Um, and just talent wise, the value of their roster, they they would have been the greatest team ever. But they they couldn't get it done. Um, I I didn't understand. Oh, they are actually. I don't know if you knew this. They are the first MLS team to make it to the final and not win a single one of their legs, which is crazy, coming from the fact. That That's, this was yeah, this arguably is... the first time an MLS team was a favorite yeah. to win it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was like, weird because, they were, because they were like we best, say, last year with Seattle, like last year with Seattle, I mean, they broke the ice for, for the MLS teams. It was just always, you, you could argue that they should have talent-wise won a CONCACAF, cha- MLS should have had a CONCACAF Champions League title a few years earlier. But that's just how it is. Got it with Toronto. Yeah, they should. They should have. You know. But that's just how it is, and it became that thing. Like you just got to get the first one down. You know, you just got to get that first one. And Seattle did it. It it, it isn't easy. Um, but what I want to, I I think, and you know, I want to first before I say this, I just want to say like, you know, we we love you, LA. You guys are fun. You're always <laughs> in the comments. Uh, you know, just like a uh, famous sports commentator, Jim Rome says, if if when someone's doing good, you can cheer them up and 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 be and talk how good they're doing. And I do that. And then when you screw up, you got I'm gonna let you hear it. And I think that that first leg in uh, in Lyon, uh, you guys were lucky to still be in it after that game. Um, I don't agree. With the disallowed goal, I think it should have been three nothing going into that. I thought that there was no urgency. You guys played scared. Um, in no, I just don't understand how that third goal is called a foul. I mean, it, you could see the contact there, but in in my eyes, if you're a defender and a cross is coming up, and instead of jumping for a header, you just decide to stand there when the ball is a good three feet above your head. And then the other guy gets a foul because he is jumping for the ball. I just, in my eyes, I think that's soft. I think that's 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 not that shouldn't be a foul. But hey, LAFC, they they um they got away with it and they come down and they score two one, huge. I mean that that absolutely. I thought at that point that they saved themselves. But then they come into LAFC and again they're playing scared. You know it just wasn't right. That's what I think it was. I think the pressure got to them. I think they're they're a great team and they should have won. And on another day they will. But um, I just got to call it how I see it. Uh, they 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 just did, they choked. They choked under the pressure. Um, they're still a great team, and I still think they're going to do some great things in the MLS this season. Um, but it was a huge missed opportunity. They they were lucky to get out of that first leg, like I said, not down 3-0 aggregate, and yet you couldn't score a goal at home and lose one nothing and let them score another so um overall uh i think it was just um it was it was a it was a tie to forget it was definitely a matchup to forget for lafc so no yeah um, and then you go into the second game with a different formation a formation you haven't played all season 
at all throughout the Champions League. And you go in there with a back. You go like I say, it's playing, it's playing scared. It's playing scared. Right. You went they to were a playing five scared. And then you throw in Kalini in there, who hasn't played in two months, and you're going to throw him in there. Makes absolutely no sense. Um, I know apparently Cifuentes is kind of having a down streak right now, but at the end of the day, he seems to be your best striker on the roster at the moment, and he's not playing, he's not starting, which is kind of asinine to me. And and also too, like, look, you know, Steve Trundle came out saying, like, you know, we need to change MLS needs to change all this stuff, all the roster rules and regulations, like we were talking about during the messy talk, but it's like Yes, he's right, but that's also not the reason why you lost. You lost you lost because you got outcoached tactically. You tried to try out a different formation that your team has not done all season, even into last season. Uh and you got got. You got outcoached, you got outmanned. Like you said, Leon like, they, absolutely they, 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 they wanted slow. it more. They wanted it more. They wanted LA it more. And LA were team. playing scared, and Leon were playing like they had nothing to lose. Mm. Rightfully and Leon, so. And Leon had there with the disadvantage of having the home game first in the first leg, and then also they weren't the best team. They had like they. The, we look at that team. We're like LAFC is probably the best team on the continent, if not. One of those for sure better than yeah. Leon. Again, like I say, and, and you didn't... different different circumstances. Like like let's just put it like this: if this team meets, you know, if these two teams meet in like a quarter or like the first knockout round, then I think LAFC handily win it. But you know, the final is always different. The final is always a a special occasion, and and it'll sometimes bring out the best in players. And it sometimes brings out the worst. And I think we saw a little bit of both. It brought out the best in Lyon. And it did bring out the uh, shortcomings and the mental uh, yeah. the mental lapses of, of L.A. Um, and I mean, you know, they, I they, they only see... look themselves for a couple minutes at a time. Like they'd have like spurts where you're like, well, that's LAFC. And they're trying and they're peppering it in there. And that's, you know, where was this? The whole two legs. Um you know, it was just that day for them. Um, I, I, they definitely could have scored. Um, I, I could have definitely seen that second leg being like a one-one, even a two-one. As a team, um, as LAFC, you, you got to do that. It's over unexcusable two legs. to not score at home. You got to do that over two legs. Not like I said, it was that kind of game, but at the same time, um, uh, you got to do that over the two legs. I think it's a different story if you're playing like that. I can excuse the bad luck if you're doing that for not just 90 minutes, but 180 minutes plus added time. You know, that's just what you got to do. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're there, unfortunately, we we're because I think we all, when we did predictions on this, I think we were all pretty wrong on this. But definitely uh, after the, the after watching those two legs, the, you know, over the two legs, Leon deserved to win it. Big congratulations to them. I'm sure their city and their team is is going to be celebrating this one for a long time. I mean, this is absolutely huge for them. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, going to the Club great, World Cup great for them, and the it, Club World Cup, and that's always and the thing massive for a team like that. Uh, Club and the World thing Cup, LA, yeah. And the thing with LAFC is like I felt like uh, Bawanga didn't show up. I felt like Bella didn't show up, and my yeah, thing too is like I think a lot of this stems to you had a player. In Chichu Urango, 
who was one of the best strikers in the league last year. The dude was a monster last year. And he wanted to become a DP player, but you guys didn't want to. You wanted to keep him as a TAM player. And I think a part of that reason is because, hey, we're LA. Let's try to get this massive name. Versus you get a Chicho Horango, which is just, you know, he's a big name in MLS, but he's not really a big name worldwide. He's not going to put butts in the seats. But I don't understand why you're going into this Champions League knowing that you're going to be a very strong favorites into this Champions League and then you don't fill in that third DP spot. Like, like my thing is, like, why aren't you taking this serious? Why haven't you filled in that third DP spot? And I get that maybe you want to wait to the summer and try to get that big transfer window. But why not put Chicho in a short-term DP deal? Why not? Look, he wants more money. Give him more money up until, give him a six-month contract. Give him up until the end of June. And then what's the transfers window? If you don't want to pay him that DP money and you'd rather get a big name worldwide star to come to LA because it's LA, then do that. Let him go. Look, because, and I was telling you before the podcast, right now, Chicho Arango is looking to get picked up from Pachuca, transferred to Real Salt Lake. It's going to be Real Salt Lake's biggest transfer ever. The most money they ever spent on a transfer. Why couldn't LAFC do that? Just keep the man here. And then shop them to other MLS teams when it comes summertime. Or just give them a shorter contract. I, I didn't understand the process of just letting him walk and go to Mexico, Liga MX. And then just for him to come right back to MLS. And now he's going to, I think he's going to tear it up at Real Salt Lake. So, yeah, like, yeah. to me, that was a, that was a big mistake. Point. You went in there you went in there without a true striker. That, like, I mean, the guy said, Steve Fuentes. I guess they had a lot of promise in him. But at the end of the day, he wasn't there. And I think that he was severely missed during that game. So, I mean, I think LAFC, they're going to be back in it next year. I think they have, like, what, three games in hand? They're in third place, but three games in hand or something. Yeah, yeah they're, games, a, something they're like a bit that. behind because um, of the... And all, you need, and all you need to do is cups. be in the top four in the supporter shield. They're going to be there. I think they're going to qualify again next year. They're too good of a team now that they're focusing on that. But um, but yeah, uh, I do want to ask you, I don't I'm curious, do you think that this affects Carlos Vela's legacy in MLS that he couldn't get it done now in two Champions League finals? A little bit. I don't think it's gonna in the long run it will. Um, I think what he's done for the club and how he's performed, you know, just overall in the league. I mean, he's definitely. He did get MLS Cup. Yeah, he's he's definitely going to go down as one of the greats. I mean, there was a period of time, like I said, you know, still after, you know, this final, there's still only one team to have ever won the CONCACAF Champions League from the MLS. Um, So you can argue that, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you don't necessarily, yeah, at this point, I guess depending not on like a bunch of MLS teams are winning. Yeah, it's not like oh well we have them, you know. It's like oh this guy has them and you don't. So how is he alleged? You know, it might change in the future, and it definitely will. I think with like we were talking about earlier with uh, Messi and the league changing, but um, yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to affect it that much. I think he's he's definitely done enough to deserve everyone's respect. Yeah, and um. Yeah, I guess we'll end it there. We'll move over to uh yeah. I know you've been 
itching to talk about this. We could but... just do this real quick because um, we've been taking a lot of time, and, and unless you want to hey, be you know sitting what? here, we'll save this. We'll save this for next week. We we Let's could, but I do want to. I want to do a quick quote. Um, okay, okay. Uh, I just want to share a quick quote for you guys. Uh, just if to they're give still you a, losing, we'll talk uh, about just, it next week. Just just to give you a hint of what's going on. I don't know which of oh, this screen. There we if go. they're still losing, then we'll talk about it next. We'll talk in more depth. Yeah, definitely. Week. But I do want to mention this quote. I mean, this is just such a freaking, I mean, it's a quote and a half um, for the situation that's going on in Toronto. If it continues to get worse, we'll talk about it. But I think this says everything you need to know from Bernadeschi. Um, for those of you who are listening, I'll read it out. So uh, he says, quote, we lose every game, Bernadeschi said. We tie, we lose. We tie, we lose, sometimes we win, but I can't believe this, sincerely. This is no good for the young players. They need to get better, no? And grow up with an idea of football and the players with personality, they need to help. Help us to understand and follow the idea of football. But we need the idea of football. This is the real situation. Um, basically calling out Bob Bradley, uh, which I've been saying for months. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, we'll be talking about that soon because um, I, you know, hopefully we can get Tyler involved because I, I'm sure he has a lot of things to say about that as well. Um, but I think that quote get, shows you all you need to know about Toronto right now, and uh, we will definitely talk more about it next week, assuming that the slide continues. All right, so let's go into our picks of the week. Which match day is it, uh, Adam? Well. I'm assuming it's 18, but so many games, so many games at hand, you know, so many, so many, so many games at hand, and all these all different right. competitions. Well, I'll, I'll so let's do, just I'll put it like this. Too. Let's put I it like it this. Match day 18, though. I believe it is too because the teams that have the most games played right now are 17 league games played, which means that it must be match day 18. Yeah, I think everybody's right? had a buy so far, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah. yeah. All right, so match day 18 predictions. If we are wrong on the match day number, I will be correct in the title and in the thumbnail. But let's get into it. So here we go. So first game, Los Angeles versus Los Angeles FC versus Atlanta United. Los Angeles minus 175 at home. A United plus 370 away with the draw being a plus 320. You know, I'm going to go win here. LAFC at home. Hmm. I almost want to say draw, but I'm going to go win here. Interesting. Um, oh, that's tonight. Actually, let's skip these that are one. Tonight games. There's also, yeah, yeah that, there's also okay, we'll Dallas versus one. St. Louis. Hold on, scroll up. Do they have Dallas versus St. Louis? I want to make sure that doesn't throw us off either. That one's at yeah, 830 on tonight. There. It's not on there. It's probably too late to bet. But well, too late to sense. bet for eight thirty. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, fucking <laughs> idiots. Either way, okay, <laughs> let's start here. Okay, let's start that over. Welcome everybody. We're doing match day predictions eighteen. Let's get into it. Next, first game of the match day of eighteen: Atlanta United FC versus DC United. Atlanta is minus one fifty at home. DC United plus three twenty, plus three thirty away with the draw being a plus three hundred. Give me Atlanta United at home against DC. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take that as well. I will say uh, we played. Benteke DC did beat. Uh, yeah, he's been playing good, and they did beat us. But let's let's be honest. Aside from the messy news, we've we're bottom of the barrel right now. So that's not exactly uh, a good yeah. thing beating us. And I wasn't exactly impressed with DC United. We were playing with ten men the whole time. So Atlanta. And, uh, the Greek striker Geomakis has actually been playing pretty well for them. I believe he has seven goals in the season so far, so not bad. Next game, Montreal versus Minnesota United. Montreal at home plus 105 with Minnesota United away plus 330 with a draw being a plus 330. I'm going to go draw here. Yeah, I agree. That's what I was thinking. I've been I've been watching a little bit of uh, Minnesota United because I uh, did a little trip to Minneapolis, so I've and I enjoyed it so much that I've been kind of, you know, looking to see wh- where they play and how their team is and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just I, Montreal have looked better of late, but Minnesota, uh, they're they're not amazing away. But I think they could I could hold the draw. I but would take. The they draw are here. getting their their star striker Man Ruinoso back into the lineup. So that's yeah, just that, that is good. Their, that's their gonna that's gonna help. Um, Montreal, like I said, they've been very, they've been much better, especially at home. So uh, this is going to be tough for Minnesota to just walk in and win. So I think draw is fair. All right. So we both got draw. All right. Charlotte FC versus Seattle Sounders. Charlotte FC plus three, plus 135 at home. Seattle plus 175 away with the draw being a plus 230. I actually got Seattle away here. Yeah, I agree. Um, Charlotte. You know, they can get a result here and there. Uh, Seattle, they've been back, but not exactly clicking on all cylinders. Um, but this is a good uh, matchup for them, especially away. I don't. I think that Charlotte, you know, they struggle at home. I just want to double check this. Okay, cool. All right, next game. New England versus Inter Miami. New England at home plus two hundred. Inter Miami plus four seventy away with the draw being at plus three ten. I think New England wins at home. I think Inter Miami is going to go full force at the U.S. Open Cup game tonight, as we're recording on a Wednesday against Birmingham. So I think they're probably going to rest this upcoming game against New England. Plus, the team is just not clicking well right now. Plus, and all the England, injuries. I mean, yeah, plus the injuries. Meanwhile, New England, on the other hand, has been playing very well. Top of the oh, East. Very, very they're, well. They're one of the and, surprises of the season. And we're playing on turf. I think New England wins this one. <laughs> yep, agreed. All right. Next game, Toronto FC versus Nashville SC. Toronto FC plus 150 at home. Nashville plus 165 away with the draw being at plus two. 20. I actually think this game is going to be a draw here because Nashville away, uh, they know how to get points. I don't know if they're necessarily going to have enough firepower to win the game, but Toronto, on the other hand, even at home, even with all their issues, I, I always feel like Toronto can get a goal in. Last week, they couldn't get a goal in to save their life. They had so many chances, so many chances, but couldn't get it in. But I think that's not going to happen this this week. Um, I, I like Toronto. And well, Nashville tying this here. Is, this is this is going to be our first disagreement so far. I'm going to take Nashville. I just think I, I can see it being a draw, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. But I think with Toronto's issues right now, um, I think Nashville will start to bounce back. I mean, they're not great away, but I think at Toronto is a nice place to uh, you know get your footing. 
Man, did you see the Toronto highlights this past game against? Um, see, I, that I missed. That I missed. I missed the. I Toronto forgot who they played highlights. against, but man, they had so many chances and they just couldn't get it in. I mean, they were basically gifting them chances. But anyways, Orlando S. Orlando City SC at home versus Colorado Rapids. Orlando minus one twenty five. Colorado plus two ninety with the draw being a plus two fifty. I got Orlando at home. I just agree. Team. I agree. They're a better team, and uh, I just hate Colorado and fuck Cronky. So let's move on. <laughs> All right. Chicago Fire FC versus Columbus Crew Chicago plus 135 at home. Columbus plus 170 away with a draw being a plus 240. Chicago still literally on fire. Things are just not working well. Columbus, on the other hand, playing very well, has a really strong attack. I like Columbus here. I agree. I like Columbus as well. I think they've been playing a lot better. They're really starting to click with um with the the new manager. So and Chicago, like you said, are a fire right now. All right. Houston Dynamo versus LAFC. LAFC really interesting to see their approach here since they are playing tonight. But I'm going to go so Houston Dynamo plus 170 at home, LAFC plus 135 away with the draw being a plus 230. So LAFC is actually the away favorites. And I'm actually going to agree with Vegas here and go with LAFC to win away. I'm actually going to go Houston on this one. I just, uh, LAFC, I think they're a little rattled. And then with a midweek game, I don't know how fresh their legs will be. Um, I just think Houston's so weak. They, yeah, but I do like them at home. I, I like how they've been playing. So I'm going to be going with uh, with Houston here. All right. Sporting Kansas City versus Austin FC. Sporting Kansas City minus 115. Austin plus 270 away with the draw being at plus 260. I actually think this is going to be a draw here. I don't think Kansas City has the the clinicalness to, I don't even know if that's a word, but to, to score and win this game. Uh, meanwhile, Austin is just having such a down season, even though they should be better than what they are. I think we're going to see a, a one, one draw here. I think with Austin's defense, I mean, I, yeah, it's Kansas city. They haven't been uh, super strong, but I think Austin's defense is going to be a little leakier than that. So I think Kansas city will win. All right. Next game, Real Salt Lake versus New York City FC. Real Salt Lake plus 110, New York City FC plus 210 away with the draw being a plus 230. I like Real Salt Lake here. Um, I like them at home. I think they're more together as a unit. New York City FC right now hasn't won in over a month, and they're just going in a downward spiral. I mean, they lost so many players this season, and I, I, I like Real Salt Lake here. Yeah, I agree. Um NY, NYCFC, their biggest advantage is, is their field that they play on. And even then, they haven't been clicking lately. So Real Salt Lake is a good pick. All right. Van- now, to me, this is probably the game of the week. Vancouver Whitecaps versus FC Cincinnati. Vancouver minus 105 at home. Cincinnati plus 230 away with the draw being a plus 260. Vancouver has actually been on a roll lately. They've been playing very well. Julian Gressel on that team has been a monster. Probably going to be an all-star player. Um, I think Vancouver with the upset here. Even though they're the favorites at home, if you look on Supporter Shield Race, you would say that 
them beating Cincinnati would be an upset, but I'm going to Vancouver here. I, I really like them. They're, they're on the rise. They're playing very well right now. Yeah. This is, this is one where I think I would be picking differently if it wasn't at Vancouver. Um, the fact that they're on a roll and Vancouver's at home, I'm going to have to agree with you. All right. It looks like we have a lot of agreements here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. San Jose Earthquakes versus Philadelphia Union. San Jose plus 125, Philadelphia Union plus 185 with a draw being a plus 230. This is actually another sneaky good game. This is a good late night game. Looks like all the good games are at 1030. I'm going to go draw here. I Mm, think Philly's going to be good enough to catch up. Um, If anything, I'm leaning towards San Jose winning it, but I think Philly's going to be, they have have the talent to keep up, and I I see a 2-2 draw. Yeah, I th- Philly have had a bit of a rough uh, start to it, but they've been looking better, even getting an away win recently. Yeah. I don't remember exactly against who, so I'm gonna go. Christian. I'm gonna go Union on this one, actually. Yeah, yeah Christian Espinosa and Abobasi, they've been really good. Yeah. Um, Christian Espinosa is probably gonna make the All Star team this year. So, yeah. All right, and then I believe this is the final. No, we actually have some more games. So we actually have a Sunday afternoon game. Uh, St. Louis. St. Louis versus LA Galaxy. St. Louis minus 110 at home. LA Galaxy plus 230 away with a draw being a plus 270. Look, man, St. Louis, one of the best teams in the West. LA, LA Galaxy, a bottom dweller team. They have talent, but... Yeah, and LA Galaxy not, have been getting better, but at, at St. Louis, come on now. I think yeah, and I think we both agree LA, it's going to be St. Louis. LA has good individual talent, but as a starting 11, there's a lot of pieces on there that are just not good. Yeah, I um, agree. So, yeah, St. Louis here. And I honestly like those odds. Minus 110 is not bad for that game. All right, and now our final game of the week, Portland Timbers versus FC Dallas on a Sunday night, 10 o'clock, Portland plus 100, FC Dallas plus 240, with the draw being at plus 240. I like Portland here. Yeah, I agree. Even though I think Dallas is the better team, Portland at home is just something that that that's a pretty big advantage. It's a tough, it's a tough place to play. Yeah, and they've and they have looked good at home recently. So, yeah, um, nothing amazing. Play, but I think against Dallas, I think it's a good matchup for them. I think it is. Yeah, they're starting. Portland's starting to play a little bit better. They're still lackluster, and they might still struggle to make the playoffs. But they're slowly starting to play a little bit better. And Dallas, on the other hand, I feel like is starting to kind of slow down a little bit, um, and kind of eking by games, barely getting in. But anyways, that is the picks of the week in MLS match day 18. So you ready to talk some European transfer news? Yes. European transfer news. So what was the biggest transfer that happened in, in Europe, not out of Europe? So the news, we all knew it was going to happen. Alexis McAllister to Liverpool. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that is happening, though. It is happening. That's so fun. No, but, but Jude Bellingham is leaving Dortmund, but he is not going to England. He will be going to join the All-Whites in Real Madrid. Los Blancos. 
the Blancos. Yep. So you Bellingham for over for a hundred million and about thirty million in add-ons, which is was his transfer value surprisingly, you know, with all these, you know, a lot of the times the reported transfer value isn't exactly what gets paid, but in this case, um, I, all the reports were that he was worth 130 million transfer value, and that's what Real Madrid have just paid. Um, he's an he's an excellent talent. I think this is a great signing for an aging Madrid midfield. Um, they're building for the future, and assuming that they can get their wingback situation sorted out. I mean, think about now going from Cruz and Modric to Bellingham and Camavinga, uh, that's that's a pretty good combination, both with World and Cup Valverde. experience and Valverde. You know, that, that's, that's serious World Cup experience already for youngsters, you know, having gone through that. Um, Bellingham, of course, with England and Camavinga, um, getting a little bit lucky with the injuries to Conte and Pogba, but still showing up and, and showing that he deserves to be on that... Uh, on that French team for now and in the future. Um, we did mention earlier that Benzema is out. He's going to Saudi Arabia. So that leaves a hole. Um, I I wasn't really sure, but luckily I do have a friend who is a pretty big uh, Real Madrid fan. And he's telling me that he had, he's, I don't know if it's like a Madrid thing or, you know, but he likes Harry Kane. He thinks Harry Kane would be a good replacement, and you know what? I so have before to we agree. get into that, let's let's. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Jude. Um, so I think Real Madrid is very very masterful at finding replacements before it's absolutely necessary. Obviously, talk about Benzema in a second. That was a little bit of a shell shock, I guess. I mean, not really. I guess people figured he was going to leave soon, but. Look, you still have Modric and you still have Cruz there, but now it's going to be so deep in that midfield now because now adding Jude in there, um, I'm curious to see if they feel like Camavinga's ready to make that step to take over Cruz or Modric. I think um, they should I'm, because I think after the the Champions League uh, against City, it showed that they are you know as as legendary as they are i mean modric i mean come on now one of the greatest midfielders of all time of our generation um you know it's it's not common that someone just kind of sneaks up and and steals the ball and door from messi and ronaldo but modric was that guy um same thing with benzema but we'll get the, we'll get to that um but i think i think what's so good because i think valverde really but I do came think that, yeah I, I think this, valverde this is great year. i think kamavinga needs to play in the midfield he's been really good considering he's been played out of position um and jude now bellingham, and we now all know bellingham, what jude bellingham is capable of gonna be an instant I think starter need, i think that it's gonna help now with modric and cruz getting old i think they do need to lean in this younger direction and having those older heads in the locker room and maybe having like one of them play. Like if you have Kamavinga and Bellingham and Valverde and like you decide to just maybe just have Modric or just have Cruz in and sub them in for certain situations and not have to have both of them in, I think that's better for Madrid because I think that having, I think, you know, no disrespect, but having the two old men running around controlling your midfield, um, you know, it's it's great when you have the ball, but, you know, you're not always going to have the ball. 
No, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be perfect because you're still gonna have those players. You're still gonna have that quality. You're still gonna have that experience. It's just these guys. I mean, do you want them going ninety minutes week in and week out? And now you're having Jude Bellingham in there who could easily step in for for one of them. And like, I think it's it's adding so much more depth. And now you can like like you said, you can have like maybe in the sixtieth, seventieth minute, we need a little bit more quality. Um. Or if you just feel like an injury might happen or, um, you know, someone's just gassed and they need to get off, you now have a reliable replacement who I think Modric, he can give you a really good 30 minutes. A hundred. He can give I you agree. a very I good, agree. Even, even at someone, his older age. He's the kind like, of guy, 90, like, no, too, but, but Modric, he's the kind of guy you want, at least in your locker room. Um I know if you're watching this podcast, I, I you, might not, 30 agree, you, you sure. might not know exactly this uh this comparison but i like to think of it like uh the value of having someone like people make fun of udonis haslam for the miami heat it's like that man doesn't hasn't touched the court in years years and yeah, they're still paying it. and it's like and it's like why do you have oh i'm just saying it's i'm not saying it's the same thing i'm just saying it's it's important for a team to have a character that fits your locker room and knows how the team operates so that's why udonis haslam is still there because ha- just having him in the locker room is builds the team up it gives them that character and i feel like modric it's a similar thing you know he's got that experience you know he's at this point he's kind of like the wise old old midfielder you know <laughs> um uh one of my favorite uh I, I don't remember what it was from it was some like comedy sketch that like some british channel that came up with and they would they would uh this guy had a character where he was like the deluded liverpool fan so he would commentate over the games and it's like one time like Modric scored a goal on Liverpool and he's like, Oh, you witch nosed bastard. And I'll always, I don't always think of him like that. Like he's, yeah, the witch nosed Luca or yeah. Luka Modric, but he's, I mean, still, he's, he's, I think he's, he's got juice left. He's he got juice in him. 90. Yeah, exactly. You got, you got a midfield here. You're competing with, play, with players in the game. Like, you know, like city has, you know, they're, they're great players. But you need to keep up because they they were showed um, in this in the semifinals exactly you know what they're missing out on. So this is a big deal. We're gonna see how it progresses over you know the into the season if you know other signings that they make because with Benzema out now we can transition to this with Benzema going well, to Saudi Arabia. Well, I was Arabia, gonna say real quick too. Like I think yeah. he's. He's. It's going to be really good for him to play at a team like Real Madrid that's in Champions League year in and year out. Not to say Dortmund isn't, but like Dortmund doesn't really make runs like they have. Like and, the, and players have a good I, players I have a good history of leaving Dortmund to go on to play for these big teams and being ready. And I Dortmund's think, good at getting your players ready for. Yeah, for the I next think. Step. And I think if you're an England fan, I think you're you you have to be excited. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, every English fan wants him to play in the Prem. But I think playing at Real Madrid is going to be really good for him in a sense of like uh, what what you see from him in Champions League. I think he's going yeah. to get more consistent, high quality matches versus Dortmund. You know they're going to go against a high quality team once once they get out of the group stage, but then they most likely get knocked out right after that one leg. Versus Real yeah. Madrid, you're going to be pushing for the finals almost every single every single year. So this is going to give him a chance to like get experience against. A Chelsea, a Liverpool, a, a Arsenal, a City, and have multiple Champions League legs 
to go after and then also playing with higher quality talent around him and being yeah. able to understand and play with people. Cause it, I, it is hard for players to kind of transition to like playing with people that are below his level to now playing with people that are higher than your level. And I think now that's going to be good for him. So when he goes to place for England, he's, he's going to be more used and playing internationally, he's going to be more used to playing against people at a playing with and against people at a higher level versus, yeah. You know, the Bundesliga, that bottom half of the Bundesliga just isn't as strong as La Liga as a whole. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think I think it's going to be really good. But yeah, go go with the uh, Benzema thing. Benzema's out to Saudi Arabia. Who's the replacement? Yeah, so I think um, like I was alluding to earlier, my friend uh, made a comment where he thinks Harry Kane is a good fit. uh, And I would have to agree. I I actually think that would be very good for them. I mean, you'd have to, th- especially after this season, I mean, Harry Kane, he's definitely starting to get older. Not, not you know, he's not an old player by any stretch of the imagination, but it's getting to that time in his career where it's like, okay, you know, and, I, and I'm not saying this because like, yes, I'm an Arsenal fan, but I'm not even trying to like say this to be mean. Like, I'm just telling the truth at this point. Like, what is he going to do at Tottenham for the next few years? Like, he's gotten close. He's gotten the Champions League final and lost. Like that, it's not the same team. They struggled in the league this year. Um, you know, coaching issues and all that. Does he want to stick around and spend the rest, the last few years of usefulness, at Tottenham? So I think it makes sense for both sides. I think it's a good transfer for Madrid because they get someone who you know plenty of world cup experience plenty of international experience you know captain for uh tottenham and england um he's he's a big he's a good leader and he's still got plenty of goals in him so to sort of put him in that situation i think would be very good for um for madrid and i think it would be a good challenge and a good um step in the right direction for the rest of Harry Kane's career. So I think that makes the most sense to me. Um, I know the, you know, the big money talk topic is, is uh, Mbappe, but I think that ship has kind of sailed. Um, yeah. Mbappe's boyhood club is Real Madrid, but that's like, I don't know. I feel like that's on a whole nother level and the stuff that PSG has been doing and France has been doing to try and keep Mbappe in, uh, in Paris. I don't think that that's going to happen. And if it's it going to happen, it's not going to happen this year. So that's what I think. I would I would say Harry Kane, and those are my reasons. Um, what would you say is if you're if you're Madrid and you have that all that money to just say okay, let's just pretend you so, you know you're not broke from Bellingham. So here's the thing. Um, so like the the big ones is. Kane, Mbappe, Havertz, and let me see here. I believe those, those are those are kind of the big three. And right now, uh, I have a thing is saying Real Madrid is ready to make an opening offer for Harry Kane worth eighty million dollars. Um, it would be a three-year contract, eleven million. Uh, by the way, these are euros, not dollars. It would be a three-year contract worth eleven million euros per season. I like so, that deal. I think I, that makes I, sense. I think the value's right. I think for his age, I think that's 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 all sounds good. And, and that and that's what and I, I was going to say. I think that's the most Tottenham can expect to get from for him at this point. Not saying that yeah, he's a bad I, player, but just that's just how the market is. 
Yeah, it's just it seems like there's just not a place for him like realistically to go anywhere in the prem, maybe like a Liverpool. But yeah, it's, it seems like his best bet is, look, if you want to go to a team that's going to make Champions League year in and year out. It's going to be Real Madrid and you're going to have an amazing supporting cast. You're going to have that English connection now with Jude Bellingham. It seems yeah. like all the it seems yeah, like all the lines are kind sense. of and, yeah. and I feel like too now if you're an English fan, wouldn't you want him to be paired with Bellingham and now have that connection so they're not just only getting it during international play. Now it's like you're having your two stars on your team constantly playing with each other. So to me, I think he looks at that and is like, look, if we want to make a push for the Euros next summer, let's get a year of me combining with a guy who's going to be feeding me, you know what I mean? And get that experience. Also, too, from Real Madrid's side, I think is Harry Kane's a guy who still has quality. He can still play. He's still a top striker. Um, and the price isn't that bad. And he's yeah. a pure nine. He's a pure nine striker. The other people like Haz- Havertz, and Mbappe, see, Mbappe likes the left side. Mbappe, even though he can play center forward, he's not a pure nine. I, I don't look at Mbappe as a pure nine. Mbappe is a second striker on the left sand or a winger. And him and Vinny are going to occupy that same space. And I don't necessarily think they're going. I mean, look, they'll make it work. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's going to be tough. And then with the money that it's going to cost to have Mbappe, it's like how much of it is worth the hassle. I versus you can get a guy like Harry Kane with a reasonable offer, and is a pure nine that can combine really well with Rodri, uh, Rodrigo and Vinny as they cross the balls in from the wing. Because we all know Vinny loves to run down. And as well as as much as I think that, like, man, that front line with Mbappe and Vinicius, like they will break. And now having the midfield to to get those through balls to break that back line, those two running side by side to each other, like who's gonna catch up to them? So oh, like yeah. that runs in the back of my mind where yeah. I'm like, there's there's not a back line in the world that can catch up to those guys. Like you're talking about probably the fastest attackers in the world in Mbappe and Vinicius. And it's gonna it would be insane, but I still get back to that. I think Mbappe is best utilized on that left side. And you already have a guy in Vinicius who's probably the best winger in the world, like occupying that space and it's gonna be tough, versus you have a guy who Harry Kane, who he wants to be in the middle. He wants to be in the middle. He's going to be in the middle. And then you have a guy like Havertz where I just I don't think Havertz has it in him to to be that that replacement for Benzema. Um versus like Harry Kane. I think he's a guy who's going to easily get you 20 plus goals a season playing in La Liga. And I think yeah. I think a, I think a, a league like La Liga would also be good for him. I think a very combining Tiki Taka league could be could be really solid for him, especially at his more advanced age that he's getting to. Because what is he, 29, 30 years old? Yeah. So, I mean, the Prem is starting to get a very... Prem is starting to turn into a more physical league. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think... It's I been think, physical, uh, but it's get, it gets even more so. It's, get, mean, it's, it's getting even like, more faster. Yeah, it's yeah. getting... Yeah. And uh, I think... I just think a, a team like Real Madrid would just be perfect with him to combine with because they just... There's so much creativity and and... Real Madrid with their with their midfield and their wingers and I just think they he would he he would fit really well there and from what I'm seeing it seems like a lot of English fans don't want him to go there but if if 
granted that was prior to the whole Jude Bellingham thing, but I think now that even solidifies yeah. it even more having a teammate with him that he can play, especially going into this upcoming Euros where he's going to be your starter striker, starting yeah. striker, especially with the, the shit that's going on with Tony. Someone who's your captain for like, England. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. that too. No, yeah, it'll, so. it'll be interesting. So yeah, with uh, Bellingham secured, they got another signing, big signing to make. Um, you know, they're definitely going to try and hopefully we'll be talking about it more soon because once it's done deal, I think um, it'll be exciting to to really start to talk about how that team's going to line up and, and if they can really compete um, champ- for Champions League next year. Um, which, you know, we're getting you know, a long episode because we, we started talking about uh, the huge news with Messi, but we do have one more thing that needs to be talked about this Saturday. Needs we, to be. We have the Champions League final. Now, I don't have too, too much to say on this, aside from, you know, kind of where I was, what I was saying about um, the Madrid City semifinal. Um, yeah, there's like a curse, but I think that um, City have just proven to everybody that they are just unstoppable i mean from top to bottom with from erling holland to their midfield i mean their midfield has been by far the best midfield in all of the world any world league they have the best midfield uh kevin de bruyne has been one of the best midfielders in the the world for a few seasons now and you got players like gundagan showing up and 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 showing why they're world class as well you know i don't want city to win it I do want Inter to win it, but this isn't about who I want. This is who I think is going to win, and I think this is going to be fairly easy for City. Um, Inter can try and defend and sit back, but they're going to need to get their own chances at some point because you're not going to hold City to uh, you're, you're not going to hold City to a goose egg. They're going to score. You have to score too, and it's just going to be very tough for them. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. Yeah, City is the favorites. As much as I'm rooting for Inter to win, and I want them to win because I just dislike City. It realistically, City's just by far the better team. The team's worth more and everything. But I will say this: I do think, as um, improbable it probably is, I do think Inter Milan has the team and has the style to potentially beat a city in the sense that yeah it could definitely happen, really, but they can they can be really good in transition which is what you're going to have that's to play. the key that's what, the what, key what, because yes what? they're going to sit back and they're going to defend and and city's going to have a lot of possession but i totally agree i mean it's it the transition is going to make or break if they can transition and they're and very get good at chance, that yeah yeah it's going to be Which it's going to be tough for them because I think City, you know, I think they're prepared. I think Pep is no, you know, he's no dummy. He knows that that's the key. You know, if some bums on the internet are talking about it in a podcast and I'm sure Pep Guardiola <laughs> knows what the fuck's going on. I mean, you have to assume uh yeah, you know. So yeah, I mean, so, so I, I agree. Okay, yeah, because Inter is good in transition. So it's like if any team is kind of built in a way to I'm not saying they're built in like to beat City, but like they have they follow a style that is that could lead to a city defeat in the sense where they they'll let you have the ball and they can beat you in transition. And I believe Lataro Martinez has 
the most goals and most one touch goals in Serie A, which is what you're going to need against City. You're going to oh, need those one touch goals because let's be real, you're not going to be able to really create and develop and play tiki taka and just kind of, you know, get. Th- you're going to need to get get the ball, get breaks, make deep lying through balls, and run down the back line and come at the keeper. So it's like, and I I think you with a guy like Lataro that is potential. That like you, he can do that. That's literally what he gets paid to do is run down that field during transition and get those one touch goals. And he's been on a roll, honestly. So I think all City needs to do is shut him down. If City shuts down Lataro, it it's pretty much a game for Inter. But if they if they can't and he keeps on getting shots, he's going to get one in. And then at the end of the day, you have a guy, even though he's he's getting older and he's he's coming off the bench, you still have a a legendary striker in Lukaku who is going to come off the bench and is extremely clinical and has been pretty good the past few games coming off that bench as a more super sub role. And if you have a guy like Lukaku, he can give you a really good 30 minutes and win a Champions League for you. So if they can, it's it's really going to come down to, yeah, getting that ball and transition, running down the field and beating them and getting those one touch looks that you that you're going to get because let's be real cities. They're not going to that city's not going to let give, give you the time and space. They're just not. And you're going to have to take that little chance that you get to blast it. And I think they have strikers who can take advantage of those situations. But I think at the end of the day, city's just going to be too much for them. And I think enters defense is just not going to be strong enough to prevent them from scoring too much because city can really rein it in on you. And once once Inter gets down by two goals, it's it's going to be almost impossible for them to come back from. But if they can remain def- defensively solid and you keep it nil-nil, and I think Inter can only... only way they can come out of this is if they win a 1-0 game. Yeah, I agree. It would have to be something like that. But I just don't see it happening. Like I said, I mean... It, yeah, you're not shutting out City. You're gonna You're going to need to get more than just one because City are gonna score i mean it may not Real be madrid couldn't shut you know, out four, five, yeah. yeah yeah so it'll be it'll be tough we'll definitely be watching because champions league finals aside from world cup final biggest game of the year um so i'm sure hundreds of millions will be tuning in to see if pep can finally lift the champions league trophy with city i go it's not going to be more than Messi against Cruz Azul and League's Cup yeah. group stage. Uh, <laughs> that too. That's going to be a big game. I don't know if uh, quite as many people. I don't know. We'll see. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. <laughs> but anyways, we're going to end it there, guys. I want to thank everybody for listening to episode 12 of Real Fans FC. You know where to find us anywhere you get your podcast as well as on all the social media platforms. Um. Oh, actually... I do want to get hit you with this. Um, me and Adam wanted to do fun facts for each other and figure out if we can figure them out. So I actually have a really good one for Adam. You don't have to get one for me. And then yeah, we'll I'm gonna have to. Here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to get one for next week. Yeah, get one for next week when Tyler's back. We'll do like cool like things that aren't super difficult because yeah. But things. So who are? So here's the question: It's like the three most valuable goalkeepers in the world and their estimated transfer value. What are those top three? And if you you don't have to do it in order, but if you want to, you can. Donnarumma. He's in there. 
Are you going by order? No. Uh, okay. He's he's second, by the way. Fucking a man. Should I should I go young or should I go established? Donnarumma is your youngest one. The rest are established. Uh, They're in their Cor- prime. Courtois? Nope. Actually, I am surprised he's not on there, but no no Courtois. No Courtois. You want Fuck. you want a hint? The last yeah. the, the other two are they're in the prem. Fuck. No way it's Ramsdale. Yep, Ramsdale, number one. That's the third one. It's because of this. The only reason it's like that is because what we call the English tax. Yeah, but who, who's the? Third but he one? is good. He is good. I mean, I didn't. I didn't want to because I felt like I was thinking about too biased. But yeah, he is. He is good. So Donnarumma, Ramsdale, and um, uh, fuck, uh, definitely not Pickford because he's fucking garbage. Um, who's the one who I, I now I'm like fl- flubbing on the names. You might have to just give me the third one because now I can't even remember names of guys I want to guess. Allison Becker. <sighs> yeah. From yeah. Tottenham. So Ramsdale, 69 Allison, million pounds. Allison is uh Liverpool, right? Yeah. You said Tottenham. Well, he has a Tottenham jersey. Yeah. What? Unless it's old. Allison Becker? I, you know Prem better than uh, I. I just yeah, no chance he's played for... Oh, no, Liverpool, my Liverpool. bad. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I, it, it was super small. They both yeah, have that about say. thing. I was about small. to say. But yeah, okay. But, All right. I was yeah, so Ramsdale and Donnarumma. Aaron, Aaron Ramsdale, 69 million euros. Uh, Donnarumma, 79 million euros. And Becker, 67 million euros. Those are your top three highest valuable goalkeepers in transfer value in the world. Interesting. So you got two out of three. Eh, not bad. But yeah, I think it'd be cool. We do some more of those fun things. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But anyways, yeah, we'll end the episode here. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening and check out all social media platforms as well as check out our future podcast and clips. But Anyways, yeah, we will see you guys in the next one. Peace out, everybody.